plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash getmore. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. We are into the month of August. It is another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry with you on August 1st, a Tuesday and a Wednesday, August 2nd, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network on Audioboom.com, on iTunes, on Spotify, and tune in as well. Thanks for listening. And thanks for joining me here today. We're going to be talking to Ryan Matthews from prideofdetroit.com. If you don't know anything about this Lions blog that is out there and the website that is dedicated to Lions fans and Lions coverage, prideofdetroit.com, Ryan Matthews, uh, Alex Reno, Jeremy Reisman, that crew do a fantastic job. And give the credit to the Lions uh, Media Relations Department. They've uh, credentialed those guys for the season, or at least, I think, for training camp. So Ryan Matthews, one of their writers um, for prideofdetroit.com, will join me uh, in a few minutes as he was at training camp today, and we'll get his thoughts on what he saw down in Allen Park as training camp day three has commenced down in AP. Now, the big story coming out of there today is that another national individual, another national writer, this time Tom Pelissero, yesterday it was Ian Rappaport was in town from NFL Network. Today, NFL.com's and NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, who also writes for USA Today, was in town. And this morning he tweeted out, at Tom, P-E-L-I-S-S-E-R-O, quote, discussed Matthew Stafford contract at NFL Network. They're actively talking, but my understanding is there's still a pretty substantial gap, end quote. And this is kind of where I wanted to open the podcast uh, today, and then we'll get the thoughts of Ryan Matthews from POD in, in, in a second. But by the way, today's uh, Lockdown Lions proudly brought to you by Freddy's Pizza in Melvindale. Do not forget about FreddyThePizzaMan.com's second annual Golf Father, Freddy the Pizza Man Golf Outing, October 1st, 2017. It's coming up in, a, in exactly two months from now. On October 1st, for more information, go to Freddy, F-R-E-D-I, ThePizzaMan.com backslash golf. And we'll discuss that as well. We love Freddy the Pizza Man always and loves his lions. But here's the deal. Uh until this Stafford contract is done, we're going to continue to have to talk about it. And if you heard the the podcast with Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com two days ago, Mike said, look, I disagree with some of my cohorts in the media. I don't think there's that big of a deal. It's that big of a deal if the Lions don't get a contract done with Stafford before the season. They can franchise tag him. They can kick the can down the road for two more seasons. Technically, Matthew Stafford is married to the Lions based on the rules of the CBA that he would be franchise tag unless the Lions let him go, which they will not do. But he'll play on under the three-year, $53 million deal, the final year of his contract in 2017 this year. Next year, he would be franchise tagged at around $24, $25 million. And then after that, an upwards of, I think, $27, $28 million 
in 2019 if they were to put the franchise tag on him. Forget about the money for a second. Forget about Stafford being the highest paid guy and maybe the Lions are cheaping out or what Pelissero says, there's a substantial gap. Maybe the Lions are saying, look, Derek Carr just got 25, so they're telling Stafford's agent Tom Condon, we'll give Matthew 26. He'll be the highest paid guy, but that's as high as we're going. And maybe Condon, who has been an agent for many, many years and has represented some of the better quarterbacks in the league and represents Matt Ryan, among others, maybe he's saying, look, you got to give him $30 million. If Derek Carr, who's done this for a lot less years, and that was on that was Carr's second contract with the Raiders after his rookie deal, Matt's going on his third deal. This is what we believe he's worth. It's got to be thirty million, and maybe that's where the gap is right now. But you know, here's where my viewpoint is on this. This isn't about the money and if the Lions allow him to go into free agency. And if he were to hit the market, he could get 30 to $35 million a year. Just look at what the other sports have done. Look at what some of the owners in the NBA have done with contracts, etc., and how the, the, the structure for some of those salaries is completely out of control. And again, those guys play 82 games a year. I get that. Stafford would play 20 if you counted the four preseason games and you hope more in the postseason. This is about one thing. This is about perception. And this is why the Lions need to pay Stafford now and get this over with. It's not about the money. It's not about giving him what he deserves. It's about the perception of the organization. Because all players here when they come to Detroit is what? Golden Tate used to tell me this on the air. Stephen Tulloch used to tell me on the air and off the air. All the time. They're stunned when they get to town and hear about the history. From the media, from the fans from their friends. Oh, you know, you're going to Detroit. Oh, you know, they have won one playoff game in 60 years. Oh. Or you know about the, uh, you know, uh, you know Billy Sims, he was going to be the next great thing, and he shredded his knee. Or, you know, Eric Andelsack, or Reggie Brown, or Mike Utley. You know, it, it's a curse. There's, there's a curse. Tom Dempsey, the 63-yard field goal. There's a curse. The Lions don't ever win. And it sometimes weighs on these players. Now, when they're out there playing in the middle of the game, I don't think they think about that. Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary, right? I could go on and on. But these players get, eventually they get tired of hearing about it. Remember a couple years ago when the Lions finally won at Green Bay? It was like, oh, thank goodness. That monkey is off our backs. Perception. The Lions now are trying to change the culture and change the perception with... Their new regime. Gone is Mr. Ford. He passed away. In is Martha Firestone Ford, who with one fell swoop one afternoon a couple of years ago, whacked, fired Tom Lewan, who was like a son to that family, and Martin Mayhew. And people went, whoa, did Martha Ford just really do that? There's no way. Then she hired Rod Wood. People said, oh, well, Rod Wood's close to the family. This is a joke of a hire. And all Rod Wood has done is a lot of very good things off the field. He has said all the right things. And he stayed away from football operations and hired a consultant in Ernie Corsi and then a general manager in Bob Quinn coming from the Patriots. Wow, the Lions actually got somebody from New England to come here? Perception. But see, it's still not good enough for a lot of you. It's still not good enough. Because the big three, years ago, Sue, Calvin, Stafford, two of them are gone. The perception's still there. The cloud, that black cloud diner. Anybody ever listen to Howard Stern, Scott the Engineer? 
The black cloud still hovers over Allen Park as Calvin Johnson is a no-show. Calvin Johnson is not there right now. And the Lions have asked him to be there. Calvin Johnson saying, I was banging my head against the wall because we have no chance. Just weeks ago. But the perception would change if Stafford got a new deal and they said, this is their guy. This is our guy. Let's not drag this on any longer. Let's get this done. Let's not have this be. Stafford was just on with Tom Pelissero moments ago on NFL Network here on Tuesday night saying, hey, this isn't bothering me. I'm not even thinking about it. Tom Condon handles this, not me. I'm here to play football. Stafford is a genius right now. He's not done one bad, he's not said one bad thing. He hasn't messed up. I mean, I, I want to go back to a couple of years ago when Stafford made the comment that he didn't want to get any extra help and hire an extra outside coach, and we blasted him for it. Everybody makes mistakes. How many times I misspoke doing this? You make, you make mistakes. Stafford's pretty close to pretty 100% clean when it comes to perception. Now, you might not like him as a quarterback. You might not think he's very good. But the Lions, for perception purposes, have got to get this done and not drag it on. You want to go into uh, franchise tagging situations and one-year deals and that Kirk Cousins Redskins situation? I think it's a slap in the face to Stafford to an extent. Give him a long-term deal. Tell him to settle in here and show your fan base, show the league that you mean business and that things have changed. That's why I think it's important that the deal gets done. And now, you know, Palacero's in town from NFL Network. Up, oh, pretty substantial gap. Tomorrow it'll be Jason Lock and Fora from CBS Sports. The next time it could be, I don't even know who's left at ESPN anymore. John Clayton's that. Chris Mortensen could come into town. Up, oh, here's what I'm hearing on Stafford. And the more this comes out, the more it makes the organization look like, yes, same old lines. And I don't think they are. But until the Stafford's deal done, many of you think they are. And you have a big say in it. You're the customer. You're the paying customer. You're the one sitting there when Golden Tate runs over to the sidelines to get his autograph at training camp going, hey, Golden, what's it like being on this team that is one play? They hear it all the time. Who, who was I talking to years ago when we did the Stephen Tullock show at Lady Jane's? Oh, it'll come to me. Maybe it was Joe Fourier. He's like, man, these fans, they know the history. They just always are reminding me how bad we are. I'm like, Right. Because the history's not on your side. Look it up. And they're stunned. Perception would be so much better if a Stafford deal was done. And you could say, hey, listen, he's going to be here long term. And yes, technically, he's not going anywhere for three years. But look at the perception of the Redskins with the Cousins deal. And Stafford's 10 times better than Cousins. Just wanted to throw that out there before we talk to Ryan Matthews. From prideofdetroit.com. I also want to tell you about the Freddy the Pizza Man Golf Father's second annual Freddy the Pizza Man Golf outing, October 1st, 2017. You want some more information about it? Go to freddythepizzaman.com. Freddy's Pizza in Melvindale. There's not a better guy out there that I know than Freddy, Freddy Bello. All right, he is a fantastic individual. Great pizza, great goulash. He's going to be on Fox 2, I believe, Saturday morning again. And what Freddie also is very into is giving back to the community. And on October 1st, 2017, two months from today, Sunday, Washtenaw Golf Club, 2955 Packard Road in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Freddie the Pizza Man simply wants you to play golf and raise money for the Allen Early Learning Academy uh, IPSEP Autism Program. 
$100 per person, four-team scramble. Price includes 18 holes of golf and cart. Continental breakfast, lunch served after, after golf with three hours of open bar during the raffle in the 19th hole. There are also going to be giveaways. Uh, you can bid on some auction items. Matthew Stafford, Freddie's favorite player, signed an autograph of football or autograph to football. Al Kaline autograph ball. Plenty of stuff as well. Raffle prizes. All this stuff. For more information, go to freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. Go to his website, freddy, F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or you can call him as well at 313-408-4155. Freddy's Pizza in Melvindale, just five minutes from Lions Training Camp. And at Freddy the Pizza Man Golf Founding, October 1st, 2017. All right, let's bring him in right now from prideofdetroit.com. Senior editor was on hand for Lions Training Camp Day 3 today. It is Mr. Ryan Matthews. What's up, Ryan? What's going on, Matt? Appreciate having me on. Hey, it's a, it's a pleasure. I love your site. We had Jeremy on. Talked to Alex Reno the other day. Um, really enjoy what you guys do at, the, at Pride of Detroit, at POD, as they call it. Uh, it's fun. It is. It's, it's a blast. Uh, th- thanks for the kind words. No problem. How was uh, day three today? It was uh, it was another scorcher. I know it's been hot the first couple of days, but um, it was rather uneventful. I mean, not a, not a whole lot of uh, news, but sometimes that's a, that's a good thing at training camp. You know, uh, go go ahead. No, I was just going to say no no new injuries to really report of. Uh, the same kind of guys sitting out. You had Ebron sitting out, TJ Lang, um, but uh, it seemed pretty precautionary. Let me ask you about Matthew Stafford. I know Tom Pelissero was there from NFL Network, and yesterday Ian Rappaport, and tomorrow Jason Locke and Foro will be there. The more these national guys roll in, and I kind of touched on it before you came on, the more the talk is going to be about the contract. What's your take on it? And, and I think Stafford is handling, handling it beautifully, but I think I think the Lions need to get this done pretty quickly uh, from a perception standpoint. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree from a perception standpoint. It seems like it, it would just be a great thing to get the deal done, signed with, and over with. Um, I know that the uh, most recent thing that came out said that the two sides – uh, we're substantially apart. Um, that's not necessarily good verbiage that you want to hear. But I re- recently we had something go up from uh, from Pride of Detroit. Uh, Mike Payton wrote a wrote an article about uh, some of the recent handlings of uh, quarterbacks uh, from the same agent that Matthew Stafford has. The contracts of Eli Manning uh, and whatnot. And uh, I believe it's Condone, uh, Stafford's yeah. agent. Yeah, yeah, Ty, yeah and- Tom Condon, right. Yeah, Tom Condon. Yeah, he has a uh, he has a history of kind of waiting until almost the last minute. Uh, Alex Smith signed a contract relatively uh, right before the season started. Eli Manning has, so it seems like that could be the way that things are heading. When when you look at it, though, I, I guess what I my the point I kind of made was you know Sue's gone, Calvin's gone, um, all the line players that I've talked to over the years all say. Man, we get here and we don't realize the history until we're reminded by the fans, we're reminded by the media. And I just think it'd be a nice reminder on the opposite way if if a long-term deal was done and this regime, trying to change the perception of the culture, took care of the guy that, quite honestly, is the face of the city when it comes to sports. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make an argument against that because the proof is in the pudding, right? Like, you, I mean, you mentioned the names, uh, you know, that Dominican Sue, take it all the way back to Barry Sanders if you want when it comes to, to contracts and sticky situations, even with Calvin Johnson this offseason. Uh, you see how some things, are, some things are handled, but I think that the organization is definitely making a push to change that perception. I mean, with, you know, Barry Sanders coming back on board as a, as a you know, brand amb- ambassador, take that for what it's worth, but at least 
the organization is going going to lengths to mend some of the um, some of the issues that they had with with uh, you know former players. But um, like I, I totally agree. I think from a perception standpoint, if if Bob Quinn thinks at some point Matthew Stafford is going to get that thirty million dollars that a lot of people are kicking around uh, per season. Would it be better to get it done right here and right now and, and show to your fan base that, hey, this is our guy, we believe in him, and he is the face of Detroit sports? I, 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 can't, I can't really make an argument against that. Talking to Ryan Matthews from prideofdetroit.com, great Lions blog and website, senior editor. All right, Ryan, when, when you talk about what you see down at camp and you were there today, uh, take me through, I guess, uh, through the eyes of, of yourself, uh, how you felt the offense looked differently. I know you guys on your site have, have written a lot about it, some of these two tight end sets, but what did you see today that, that stood out? Um, well, I think what stood out the most were the opportunities that a lot of the second-year players are taking advantage of due to injuries. With Eric Ebron out, you have... You have guys like Michael Roberts, who is a rookie, and you have Darren Fells, who seem to be stepping in and really stepping up to the plate. Darren Fells had a couple of nice catches and tight coverage that you know that quarterback Matthew Stafford can really only make. But uh, he seems like a very sure-handed guy. Seems like he could definitely fit in nicely, especially with the problems that they have at left tackle. With with Taylor Decker going down, I, I assume that a lot of the responsibility for blocking and the tight end who normally lines up in formations is going to line up on that left side to give whoever wins that camp battle some uh, some help over their blocking. So, And Darren Fells definitely fits that fits that bill. But when it came to defense, uh, a guy who really stood out today was Anthony Zettel. And he's a guy that I wasn't too high on last season. Seemed like he struggled a little, a little bit, but he, he was a very late round pick in 2016. But with the Cornelius Washington injury the other day, he didn't practice today as well, or uh, with the injury he had yesterday, he didn't practice today. So, you know, today was the first day that they put on pads, so you could really see the linemen uh, actually do some damage. And Zettel looked like he was really happy to put on pads. He played behind them. He had a lot of toughness. He made a lot of plays. In the one-on-one drills, he was, you know, giving it to quite a few of the uh, tight ends like Cole Wick and... Uh, I think that a lot of those players are, are, are finally taking uh, taking the chance to uh, step up with some of these injuries. Interesting you mentioned Wick. Let's talk tight ends for a second, Ryan. Uh, yeah. Darren Fells has been very good the first few days. And you know, I used to talk to Dave Pash all the time, an old college buddy of mine that calls the Cardinals games about Fells. And he says, boy, great blocker, underrated, and kind of underutilized sometimes in that Arizona system. Because they had so many other weapons, and Larry Fitzgerald, and obviously David Johnson, and back in the day, Anquan Bolden. Um, he so far has, has stood out, has he not? He really has. Uh, like I mentioned, he made a really nice catch from Matthew Stafford, who delivered a, a real tight ball to him. The thing that's most impressive about him, Dees, is when I stepped out onto the field, and once we were given access to kind of walk around, when I made it over to the tight ends, I saw him, and his size is just so eye-popping. I thought, man, I haven't seen a guy this big as a skill position player in a long time. I mean, he's six foot seven. He's every bit of that. You know, Michael Roberts afterwards was talking a little bit about how he's even kind of, uh, you know, taking, he's taking in a lot of information from Darren Fells, especially when it comes to blocking, talking about getting your right base set, um, staying underneath your legs and everything. I think Darren Fells is going to sneakily be maybe one of the best signings that Quinn made this offseason. I know he made a couple of big splashes with Rick Wagner and TJ Lang. 
some of those flashy signings, but Darren Fells could really be a guy who, who proves his worth, especially when you consider you know the, the injury track record of Eric Ebron. You know, I don't know how much you've listened to me uh, on this podcast. I'm, I just don't believe in Eric Ebron. I think he's an average football player. It's not surprising to me he's hurt already. I, I'm rooting for him. I really am, Ryan. I, I hope he does well. But you, you just you hear the coaches talk about Wick. They drafted Roberts for a reason, and 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 they signed Fells, and it's almost like. <laughs> You know, this this is a good thing. This this might be a good thing that really pushes Eric. You know, Eric thinks he's going to be fantastic and says that every offseason. No, just you wait. But he may not be on the field if these guys are better than him, and that, that's okay. He they they definitely have you know invested a lot of either draft capital or you know going out and getting fells in the offseason. They, they've in, they've invested an awful lot in building up that tight end position. There's there's no doubt about that, but. I think Ebron speaks from a point of confidence because I think the dude has talent. I think that's, I think that, um, it's kind of undeniable, especially when you, when you see him and his athleticism out on the field. He's gonna really be, he's gonna be what makes the Lions offense go this season, especially with Anquan Bolden out. You, you have to figure that, I, you have to figure that they're gonna take things really slowly with Kenny Galladay. And if, if you want to get into him, we can talk to him or talk about him in a second here, but, that role that Bolden secured last season was so important, and not having him back this season, I think you're going to see Ebron line up in the slot an awful lot with Darren Fells out there. So it's going to be like they have two tight ends on the field, but Ebron is kind of like that quasi-tight end. He's, he's, he's basically a wide receiver, and I think he's going to line up as such a lot this or this season. Give me a little bit. You, you brought him up. But give me a little bit on the rookie Galladay, and I also want to ask you about Jace Billingsley, who for the second straight day muffed a punt today, right? Yeah, he did, he did muff another punt. Um, Jace Billingsley is obviously a favorite of ours over at Pride of Detroit. Um, <laughs> yeah. How many? Yeah. Pl- you guys seem to do all these polls. I, I can't keep up with everything you guys do, but it seems like these poll questions you do with Jace Billingsley seems to always win. Is that correct? Yeah, he uh, he won our name bracket tournament last season. Uh, uh, he, he, he doesn't have too interesting of a name, but he made it all the way to the final or to the Elite Eight again this season, but he lost to Tease Tabor. And if he would have beaten Tease Tabor, I think we would have – we should have just shut down the name bracket completely. But um, Bill, Billingsley is a guy who he's kind of on the fringe, and I think that a lot of people view view kind of his spot on the roster as up against Jared Everdarius, who he struggled the first couple of days, but today I thought he had a really really good bounce back. He had a uh, he had a route that he ran today that was a slant route where he left Quandre Diggs in the dust. Like the separation was was just beautiful. But um, Kenny Galladay, obviously the camp darling, especially during Ricky minicamp. He's come out, and I mean, he's another guy. When I when I pass the wide receivers, he's clearly the biggest dude there. I mean, he 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 looks like he fits the part of everything you'd want from an X receiver lining up outside. So, if 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 he can put it together on the field, I'm not sure how much of an impact, like I said, he's going to make this season. But going forward, I mean, Galladay might might be what the Lions need outside. Ryan Matthews with me, prideofdetroit.com, senior editor. You mentioned Ryan uh, watching uh, closely today being down there. Uh, Anthony Zettel was a guy that stood out on defense. What else did you like about the defense? And maybe something that uh, somebody that struggled and that you're questioning uh, after a couple of days. Uh, it would be it'd be easy to kind of single out a couple of the rookies, and I, I guess I'm going to have to. Jared Davis was very vocal today. Uh, I, I think that stands out, especially from a guy who is coming in as a rookie. He's assuming maybe the most important position on any defense, playing middle linebacker. 
I've heard Ian Rappaport talk about how maybe he could end up being the the Lions' Jared Mayo. And, I mean, any player that Bob Quinn drafts is going to have to be compared to a New England Patriot, right? Right, of course, every time. Right, it, it just has to happen that way now. But the way that Davis is so vocal and the way that he's assuming that role, it, it, it seems pretty impressive. Now, by contrast, I thought Tabor had a really – he struggled mightily today. Uh, during one-on-one drills, his first rep against Kenny Galladay, he got way too physical with him, ended up drawing a, drawing a flag. And then his next rep against TJ Jones, he basically had the guy wrapped up with his arms before the ball even left Stafford's hands. So it was, uh, it was a tough day for him. He, he slipped in coverage during, during team drills against TJ Jones again on an out route. And he, when he got up, he showed that he was upset with himself and he had every reason to be upset with himself. So, Tabor is another guy who, I mean, if Lions fans want to remember how, you know, the progression of quarterbacks go, Darius Slay came along pretty slowly. So I think people need to be patient with Tabor this year. But for now, it's looking like he's he's going to be struggling. What about the pass rush today with the pads on? I, mean, I know you mentioned Zettel. What, what else did you see? Yeah, during during team drills, uh, during the with the first team offense, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, of push that that was noticeable. During one-on-one drills, though, Kerry Hyder stood out again. He just completely dismantled uh, Cole Wick on a uh, on a push. And, you know, Hyder is a guy who I really figured the Lions don't want to have starting. I think that he's best utilized as that first guy in, you know, playing inside on third downs and whatnot. But he's going to be a guy they're going to have to call upon if Ezekiel Anza is going to be on the pup and, Cornelius Washington is a guy who's struggled with injuries. I'm high on myself on him uh, playing opposite of Ansa on that uh, closed edge. But they're really going to need Hyder to step up and play and assume a a full-time role again this year. So he's going to be a guy who's going to need to step up. But as far as today, um, some of the guys who played in the second second team offense, I know Pat O'Connor, who was another late late pick. He was a seventh-round pick out of Eastern Michigan. He uh, he put a whooping on the the Lions. Uh, I believe it's Nick Belton or Nick Betton. Yeah, Betton. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, yep, that they just signed the other day um, when Tony Hills retired. But um, he absolutely blew right by him and had Mike James dead to rights in the backfield. So the, that defensive line, though, it's it's the biggest question mark. I think D's going into the season. Ryan, thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, love your work, prideofdetroit.com. Ryan Matthews, senior editor. Love the fact, too, that the Lions uh, have these guys from POD uh, credentialed and there to uh, just give the fans more insight, certainly. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. There is Ryan Matthews from prideofdetroit.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan underscore P-O-D, and those guys do a whale of a job at Pride of Detroit. If you want extra Lions coverage, certainly all, all the writers do a tremendous job. I think that beat is solid. You get a lot of information, a lot of opinion, too, and uh, the guys at prideofdetroit.com do a whale of a job. And appreciate Ryan's thoughts. A lot to digest, certainly from day three today. But again, if you want a lot of controversy and you want a lot of, you know, fights going on during camp, uh, nonstop with the Colts. If you watch, if you follow on Twitter, the Colts just have been fighting all camp so far with each other. Um, if you want finger pointing, if you want guys unhappy, you're not going to get a lot of that with the Lions. Um, the Lions are kind of boring to cover. 
Uh, the Stafford thing is about as juicy as it's going to get. But as Ryan said, there's some good position battles here. I like the depth that's forming at tight end. I'm certainly concerned about left tackle and certainly the pass rush as well. Very interesting. You hear T's Tabor struggle today from Ryan. We'll get more reports tomorrow and certainly recap day four tomorrow as well. Another edition of Locked On Lions in the books here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to Ryan Matthews from Pride of Detroit. Also, Locked On Lions today is proudly sponsored by Freddy's Pizza in Melvindale. Give them a call today, 313. 313- 383-6279 or go to freddythepizzaman.com don't forget about his charity golf outing uh, certainly, certainly something that is uh, very uh, near and dear to Freddie's heart. October 1st, you want to sign up for more information, go to freddythepizzaman.com as it does benefit the Allen Early Learning Academy IPSEP Autism Program. Talk to you again tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.